Hi again, I'm Melanie Hirshhorn, the digital content creator and marketing strategist and coach for women business owners. And welcome back to another episode of VIP Access. VIP stands for Visibility, Impact, Profit. And this podcast will get you inspired and fired up about content creation and marketing yourself and your brand. Each week, you'll get marketing and mindset strategies, actionable tips, and the motivation you need to land more clients, nurture your leads, and position yourself as an expert in your industry. We also go behind the scenes with powerful women in business to discuss strategies, messaging, and more. My mission is to empower you to stop spinning your wheels and to make your mark with your marketing. Ready to wow your ideal client and create a community of raving fans? Let's dive into today's episode. Hi, and welcome back to VIP Access. I'm Melanie Hershorn. Today, my guest is Barbie Haven. She's an author, a motivational speaker, a certified life coach, a beach body coach, and the CEO of Desired Lives, where she helps women business leaders and goal getters create a 360 degree approach to self care that lasts so they have more energy, more joy, and more success in business and in life. So I think we're going to be talking a lot of self-care today. Barbie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Melanie. It's awesome, awesome to connect with you. I want to know, when I think of self-care, I think of what became super popular on Instagram like three years ago, hashtag self-care Sundays with candles and I have my bubble bath and now, now that's self-care and I've experienced it. So I'm supposed to feel so great. Is that what you mean? Nope, nope. I would love to uh, redefine the way that women think about self-care and stop thinking it's something that we do once a week and start implementing it every single day of your life. Yeah, I'm on board. (laughs) What do I have to do? And does it take more time for my busy schedule? Well, no, actually, it requires a presence. So it requires you to be a little bit more present with your needs and paying attention to what you actually need. So like my idea of self-care is really tending to the things that need attention in your life. It's a lot of things. Part of my focus is health and wellness, um, nutrition and exercise, but a lot of it is mindset and a lot of it is setting appropriate boundaries. Where are you spending your energy and are you saying yes to things that you really want to be saying yes to, or are you just out there people pleasing? I could talk about this all day, but it goes deep, which is why you can't do it just once a week. So how do you start? Somebody wakes up this morning and they say, you know what? I really need to bring more self-care into my life. What is one thing or two things I can start doing to really not bubble baths and champagne? Like what can I really do? I would say start with making a list of everything that you feel responsible for. Ooh, that doesn't sound fun. Right. Well, here's the thing. You, You won't be able to make changes if you don't know the changes that you need to make. And I did this myself, actually, years and years and years ago when I was on my own path of self-care. I actually started by just going for a walk every morning. You know, if you have it within you to just start walking or start with exercise, that's great. But if you want to take a deep dive first thing and get a list of all the things that you feel responsible for, and then take a look at that, ask yourself, is every single thing on this list actually mine? Is it really my responsibility or am I taking on things that don't belong to me? Okay. So you're a parent. I'm a parent. 
there are things that I have to do that are not my responsibility. Forced to homeschool parent, for example, I am now tasked with being the warden for first grade. Part of my day involves making sure that the appropriate papers are laid out in front of the student because he can't find them himself. You know, other people's laundry, other people's dinner. Do I want to do it? No, not really. But is it really my job? Yeah, I guess it kind of is. Is it all just on you, though? Is it really the whole thing? All of it? Is there anything that can be shared responsibility? I mean, no, not really. I mean, I would say, obviously, there's limitations. Yeah. That's going to happen. However, when you, if you make some kind of list like this, maybe there are some, because we're in a, a different time right now, right? If this is not a normal circumstance to, for so many people to be homeschooling their children and to have these added extra responsibilities that I can only imagine how crazy and challenging that is. I'm thankful that mine are grown and out of the house and that I'm not dealing with that. But when you make a list like this, it gives you an opportunity to maybe take some other things off of your plate. Okay. Maybe you can free up some space in some room so that you have a little bit more bandwidth to deal with this type of a situation. So for example, do you just automatically assume that it's your job to make all the doctor's appointments? How does that fall on you? Is it really only your job to make sure that everybody went to the dentist and that everybody got their haircuts and that everybody got their checkups or whatever the case may be? Is it really only your responsibility to do? Are you the only one that's planning meals or going grocery shopping? Are you, um, are you the only one that's paying all the bills? We take on these responsibilities thinking that we have to, and maybe we do. Maybe we don't have a choice in the matter, but rather than assume, we can at least audit it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and then ask the question. Right. Because knowledge is power, right? If you don't even know what you're doing, then you don't know what you could potentially delegate. Right. And you don't know what your, your spouse, significant other, partner, roommate, whatever that case may be for you, older teenage kids, you don't know what they're willing to take on if you don't ask or have the conversation about it. So we make this assumption that it's our job. And then we go through life doing more than maybe we need to do. Oftentimes we end up feeling resentful about it. Oh yeah. Um, And even, even the smaller kids, you can see what they might want to chip in with and help out with. Mm -hmm. And how much of that taking on the burden is because we're women, we multitask. This is what we're supposed to do. Society dictates you're the mom, but you're also the multi-million dollar business owner. And you're also the person who does the laundry and this and that and the other thing. Yeah. I love this topic because it is one that I'm super passionate about. This idea that we've been programmed to believe that hustling is the answer. We've been programmed to believe that we have to keep up with society. And that means do things in the way that the men before us, before we were even allowed to do the things that we're doing, which wasn't that long ago. So there's this energy of, well, I'll prove to you that I can do it. That can only take you so far. You get burned out. Exactly. So now think back to the time when the majority of women were staying home and they didn't have careers where, where they weren't allowed to, to do that sort of thing. They were caring for the children. They were taking care of dinner. They were doing all of that kind of stuff. 
the men more often than not were going to work and coming home and everything was done. So it's not the same for women. This idea that you think you can just go out and do all that stuff. If you are in a healthy relationship, hopefully you're having conversations about sharing the workload. Hopefully you're having conversations about who's doing what and that sort of thing. But I don't think that a lot of women maybe stop to think about the fact that they don't have to be superwoman. You really don't have to do it all. You think you do, but you don't. And in fact, it's harming your self-care. It's harming you in a lot of ways because then it takes away from your ability to even slow down enough to even know what you actually need and want, which is why I go back to that list of like, you know, write down all the things that you feel. Notice how I said feel responsible, not are responsible for the things you feel responsible for. These are the things that you have somewhere along the way have decided, or maybe someone told you that it's your job to take care of. Maybe society told you, maybe your spouse told you, maybe the school told you, somebody, somewhere, society, in your own head, whatever you you decided and agreed with that these were your job and solely your responsibility. It's just an opportunity to make a different choice. So I grew up, my mom did everything, like everything for everybody. That's just what I always think a mom should be and do, be everything to everybody and all the other things. How do you sort of turn that off? I'll tell you, you have to make a decision about what your values are that are in alignment with who you want to be versus who and what you learned growing up, right? Because we're given this set of values when we grow up, we don't know any different because it's what was taught to us. It's what was modeled for us. But the great news as a grown up is you get to decide. Yay! <laughs> you get to decide who you want to be, what values you want to hold, whether or not you actually want to be the kind of mom that does everything for everyone. That just sounds exhausting to me. That's not the kind of mom that I was. And in fact, you know, I was sort of, I don't want to say forced into, but you know, sort of, I was sort of forced into this position of where I couldn't be all the things to everyone because I divorced when my kids were younger. They were eight and five when I got divorced. And so they learned at a pretty young age how to take care of some things by themselves. I would say you are welcome to pack a lunch. If you don't want school lunches, there's the bread. I can't pack your lunches in the morning. I don't have that in me. But if you want to bring a lunch and not have the school lunch, well, there's the food. What about the guilt associated with that though? Or was there none? I mean, honestly, back in back at that time in my life, yeah, there was a lot of guilt about being a single mom, about not being able to do certain things. But I was working through some of that with a therapist. I was working through that with self-help books. I was working through that with support groups that I was a part of. That mom guilt stuff, I know it's real, but it's also a lot of mindset you're not really doing your kids any favors if you're constantly bailing them out. And I know that that's hard. I don't want to like dismiss the whole thing as if it's an easy thing to recover from <laughs> that whole thing with your kids. I would say I had a harder time with that when my kids were teenagers than I did when they were younger. And that's probably because I was so consumed with my own grief, <laughs> my own stuff that I did. I really didn't even have the bandwidth to be super guilty other than the fact that I was maybe guilty that I wasn't present enough emotionally. They grew up in spite of the challenges. <laughs> and now you teach people how to practice self-care that's actually really effective. Yeah. And it's super fun because, well, one, I've, I've been there. I know what it's like. 
to put everyone else first and to reach burnout. I've done that. I know what that feels like. I also know what it feels like to put in the work to actually what I call, I don't think that I coined this phrase. I think I heard it somewhere. It might've even been Mel Robbins where I heard this phrase, but it's just true. So what I call, or maybe she called belief change work, really it's about changing your beliefs. So the guilt comes from believing that it's supposed to be a certain way. That's where the guilt comes from. So if you can change your belief about whatever the situation is, then you can lessen the guilt. So the work with the clients is really about getting to their core beliefs, their core energy. What is driving the behavior we've already identified as not serving you? So now we want to know where is it coming from so we can rewrite the script. The thing is, is that we're just making up stuff anyway. Hmm. The stories that we tell ourselves, we're making it up. So if you're going to make it up, make up something good. Make up something that serves you. Make up something that will make you feel good about yourself instead of the stuff that causes you to feel more guilt. Absolutely. I love that. I love how you can change a story if it's just a story. Well, and it's easier said than done. So I've been practicing this for what, 20 years now, something like that. In the beginning, it might feel like you're never going to get there because it requires a lot of practice. But with practice, you will notice that you don't stay in the spot as long in that guilt or that fear or that shame or whatever the case may be. You don't stay there as long. And if you're really doing the work to become self-aware, then ideally you are also tapping into whether or not you actually need some other kind of help other than a coach, because a coach can only take you so far. If somebody comes to me and they want They want help, but they have some like unresolved trauma from their past, depending on what kind of trauma it is. I will refer them to get therapy first because you need to work with a professional to help you with certain kinds of trauma before you can have the effectiveness of a coach. Absolutely. So Barbie, how can people find you and all the incredible self-care programs that you provide? They can find me on my website, desiredlives.com, D-E-S-I-R-E-D-L-I-V-E-S.com. That's also my Instagram. It's also my Facebook. And I have a free Facebook community for um, women business owners that is all centered around self-care. That is a great place to come in and hang out with me and get access to me in some free weekly live trainings that I do, workshops that I do, and be supported. Awesome. Which we all need so desperately. Thank you so much for joining today. This was awesome. Thank you. You've written a book, now what? If you're ready to implement a simple content marketing strategy to create buzz around your book and your brand, schedule your free sparkles and strategy call with me, Melanie Hirshhorn, at contentstrategycall.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of VIP Access. We can't let the fun end here. To find out how engaging your content is, take the content quiz at mycontentquiz.com. Plus, you're invited to join our private Facebook group at vipdigital.live slash community, where you'll get live trainings and other great tips all about digital marketing. And if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, head over to iTunes and leave me a rating and review. This tells iTunes that you found the show helpful and they'll share it with more women business owners just like you. Thank you so much for listening.